Welcome to the second half. I'm your host, Melanie Kenneman, and I'm excited to spend the next hour with you interviewing some of my favorite people in the world. Uh, you know, a lot of people put a lot of weight in the first half of any game, and what they don't realize, it's actually in the second half. The things that you do, the actions you take, the mindset you have that sets you up to win or fail at anything that you do or at any game. This episode, we feature Carmen Reese, founder and leader of the Clear Sales Group with Keller Williams here in Austin. And she is amazing. She's been in the business for four years and has so much um, just great value. And actually, since we've done the recording, she's attracted even more talent to her team. And I'm very excited about her bright future and want to introduce you to my friend, Carmen Reese. talk about who Carmen Reese is today. Um, I want to go a little deeper on that. I've, I tend to have guests on and I and I kind of go over their story and kind of what they do to play to win today. And I really, you're just somebody that stands out to me uh, since I met you as somebody that's very creative and has a great work ethic and a, a mindset of no matter what's happening around you, where the market's right. going up, going down, you always have this playing to win mentality. And I love that about you. So, so let's just, let's just introduce yourself to the audience today. All right. So I am Carmen, of course. Um, so I was actually born in Round Rock. So a Round Rock Dragon went to Round Rock High School. Uh, been in real estate for just that four years, actually. I thought it was five. It feels like I've been in for so much longer. Amazing. But, That's amazing. Uh, I actually got licensed in um, June of 2018. So just congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I got licensed then, started in October, you know, selling real estate with Keller Williams. So been with Keller Williams since the very jump, and it's been a, a really good, uh, you know, launch to the career, of course. Um, so now we do have a team. So uh, my husband joined me after my first year of real estate, uh, and we actually started building a team, bringing on agents just over a year ago. So well, Carmen, Absolutely. you're somebody. You're somebody I really respect. What did you do before real estate? Let's back it up a little bit before, and we'll talk more about uh, your business today. But what did you do, like you know, before real estate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before real estate, uh, I went to A and M, so Texas A and M, whoo, class of 2012, <laughs> um, and I studied supply chain management there. And so after I got my degree there, um, so with the business school, uh, I went to. Uh, Houston. So I did a little bit of uh, supply chain in Houston with oil and gas. Didn't like the city as much as I liked being back home in Austin because I'm an outside person. Uh, I like to go to the parks, the trails, the lake, like that's my piece. And so Houston's a great city. I know exactly where I want to go when I'm there, but it's not home for me. So came back to Austin, uh, actually worked with a, you know, a company that was in the Dow Jones industrial average. So big company was supply chain analyst there. And then just realized that I really wanted to, to do my own thing because, you know, I was looked down on for being young and having different ideas. And uh, there were a lot of folks who just been there forever. And I just wanted to break away from that. I didn't feel like, you know, I was serving my purpose there. Yeah. And so uh, went all in, backed myself in a corner, um, I don't recommend this, but it worked out for me. 
I cashed it out on my 401k, went all into real estate and was like, I need to be productive by, you know, the time that this uh, <laughs> money runs out. <laughs> By the time this runs out, so, um, you know, not necessarily runs out, but I just need to be productive and I need to be, you know, head in the books, you know, head in the game and make stuff happen. So I was able to make a lot happen within my first year, um, which is where I sold about 15 homes my first year. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like, you know, the first three to four months, um, not selling anything, getting something under contract, essentially my fourth month. And then it just started to snowball from there, but um, doing as many open houses as I could, getting in front of as many people as I could. I wanted to do the scariest things first. Uh, so I went directly after, you know, expired listings and just trying to do the things that scared me. And I figured if I can do those first, then I can do anything. Yeah, I love, I love that. So, so just to back up, I love that you took an investment of money that you'd put away and you invested in yourself for your next business. So I think that's a smart usage of your 401k, right? It's like you took that to start your next business. So well, wait, well done. There's so many people that would like to make some kind of change in their life. And that takes a lot of courage. And so right. I applaud you for that. You're, you're somebody that really, like you said, you just jumped right in though. And you, you have played to win since you got, the day you got your license. And right. so you went right for the hard stuff. Why did you go right for the hard stuff? I think. I'm just very competitive in nature. And so I, you know, truly believe that if, anyone can do it, I can do it. So put myself in front of, you know, the mentors that, you know, I felt like I needed to, to have in my life and just kept it positive, never taking any of any negativity. If I start, you know, taking in negativity, like then, you know, uh, there's room for me to, you know, not be able to leap and launch. And so when the market shifts, I'm always excited. I'm like, okay, great. Like this is a way for me to actually use my skill set a little bit more. So I love when the market shifts, um, which is kind of weird, even though it's a little bit more stressful. I think that the clients truly actually see the value too, when you give them that information that they're looking for so desperately, because everybody wants to know what's going to happen. Um, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but, you know, we can definitely give them a lot of data, um, you know, as to what to expect and, you know, what the risks are right in any situation. Well, and, and that's, I love that you do that. I know you're really good about statistics and, and, and market data and, and educating the consumer. And that's so key to it because they really need that, right? That's what they're looking to us for. And, you know, Gary Keller always says that we as real estate agents should be the local economist, economist of choice. And I think that you are just such a great role model of doing that. Um, have you always, well, I guess it comes maybe from your analyst background or what made you get so uh, focused on really understanding how to interpret the market for the consumer? Yeah, I just, I feel like I, you know, I never wanted to just be the person who's like, I'm a realtor, call me. You know, I wanted to make sure that I prove my value and that I earned everything that I got. Uh, and, you know, and from there, I was able to obtain a following, but, you know, it was just by doing the boring things all the time, every day. Uh, and, you know, for me too, you know, when I first started in my career, I got some really good advice of, you know, spending 80% in the business and 20% on the business. So 20% working on yourself, on your skill set, and then 80% actually getting in there and doing the dirty work. So uh, I've always just, just started with that, that correct mindset or what I could consider a correct mindset from the start. And so that helped me. And, you know, initially I couldn't do the 20%, but I kept making that a priority. 
I love that. So, so now fast forward, you've been in four years, congratulations. So four years today with the market, uh, it, you know, it is shifting and correcting and nobody knows exactly where it's going. Um, you, you seem to have this attitude of like, you said you get excited about it. Tell us more about that. Well, you know, I get excited about it because I think that, you know, oftentimes people look at our job as something that, especially in the, in the past two years, they look at it as easy, even though we've all been working their, our tails off, you know, sellers have been like, well, all you got to do is list my home. And they've just started to kind of devalue us in a way, in my opinion, some, um, because it doesn't take a whole lot of skill. It does take a lot of skill to get top dollar. It does take a lot of skill to do all of the marketing. But ultimately, we were looking at a home going on the market Thursday, Friday. By Monday, it had multiple offers. And it was just a quick, easy transaction. Pretty much, you know, if you had it in the realm of where it should be priced, you'd be getting some crazy offers, you know, all appraisal waivers, all terms in favor of the seller. Uh, and with sellers being something that, you know, we focused on since the last shift uh, back in 2020, 2021, getting more sellers since we didn't have that inventory, uh, it's been very interesting. So those are the types of things that we're seeing, and we're having to give them that data to show them what's actually, actually happening and having that conversation. And, you know, with that shift, uh, buyers are becoming pickier in this market. And so some of the things that they would have accepted, you know, if they were looking at a six or seven out of 10 home, you know, back in 2021, 2022, now they're looking at a nine to 11 out of 10, you know, they want to make sure that they're making the right choice. So it's quickly just transitioned in terms of what their mindset is. And of course, we've got the headlines and you just have to really understand how to overcome those objections. So the big ones being, you know, interest rates and inventory. How do you overcome that? And, and how do you educate the clients within that? And if you can do that, then you become their agent of trust. And that's where we're able to bring in so many referrals because we're 85% referrals on our team. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And I know when you started out, you were heavy, heavy buyer side, right? You were heavy buyer side, weren't you? When you started out and you were doing the open houses as a newer agent, you were heavy buyer side, you were using the Keller mortgage and you had kind of rebranded it as your, you know, special, I forget what you called it, like the special VIP buyer program, really smart business decisions. So you're, to me, you're somebody that takes opportunity and knows how to work it into their world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So knowing our unique selling proposition, our unique proposition over, you know, using someone else um, is one of the things that was able to make me so productive and so effective in converting people, you know, when it came to open houses or, you know, just those low hanging fruit. Um, so the uh, expired listings as well. So I was going after low hanging fruit and also going after some long-term. So uh, database being that long-term and of course me being 31, all of my folks are buying their first home, you know, in terms of the buyer side, especially when I started out in the business. That's awesome. And then now, and then, so what made you shift to listings? Because now you do a lot of listings as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, whoever has a listings has a control. I mean, we all know that. Um, and so, I mean, with me, you know, because of that, we're able to, uh, A, coach the sellers uh, and B, make sure that everything that comes in is um, communicated, uh, you know, as well as possible. And then we can also have a little bit more flexibility in our schedule in terms of, in, instead of what we were seeing, which was driving around all day uh, and then maybe not even having a chance at some of the homes, you know, in that low inventory market that we were in previously. Yeah. 
It's pretty cool. So what are some, I, I love the creative ways you guys reach consumers too. Like you guys are like social media uh, gurus. I think you guys are really knocking it out of the park. And I'm, I mean, you have, you have a whole team around that. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So um, in terms of our team build out, uh, so it's myself, my husband, Len, he's actually not in production. He's a full-time coach for our agents and all of our agents are, you know, started out as newer agents. So that just happened to be what it was. And it's been great. So we have Justin, Rachel, and we just hired another new agent as well. But we're, you know, in that always be hiring mindset, always be looking for the next thing. And so those are our direct agents. We also do have a full-time uh, videographer, photographer on staff who's actually in Costa Rica right now. Uh, and he, I started doing uh, content with him before he, you know, was full time with us. So I started doing content with him. And then as we started to uh, develop our budget and our plans for the next year, we looked at bringing him on full time. So we were able to do that. Uh, we also have a transaction coordinator uh, assistant, which is amazing and cool. Um, and then we have three inside salespeople as well. So just nice. reinvesting in our business has been like yeah. The, yeah. the theme and method of it all. So, you know, we're not, you know, going out and buying a new Lexus or buying a new Mercedes or whatever, when we don't have, you know, the funds that we need to reinvest in our business, to grow it to what we want in the next five years, in the next 10 years, in the next 20 years. So it's always something that we're looking at, you know, what's next. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but not everybody has like a videographer. And I think you guys do a great job of that because you're using video to educate and do this kind of, um, you know, what market market update, what's going on in the market, what's happening, you know, addressing the fears that consumers have that right. I wanted to, I wanted to show one of yours. Um, so I'm going to screen share real quick for <clears throat> those are who are just listening. You can uh, just hear, her, but I'm on Facebook and I'm just going to pull up one of Carmen. Is this the one uh, that is your latest one, right? The one that I just shared. Yeah. And if I could say something, if anyone yes. who's listening wants to follow us on YouTube, it'll really help. I'm trying to get to a uh, hundred followers and I haven't yet on YouTube, which okay. is hard. Um, so or on YouTube, just look at the clear sales group on YouTube and, uh, you'll find me and follow me and you'll get all of our new videos on there as well. Oh, I love that. And it's CLR just so you know, for clear. Yep. CLR and um, okay, so I'm going to play this, but this is a really short video just talking about you having a conversation. Let's see how it goes. Up on buying a home in the midst of rising inflation. Let's discuss it today on Keep It Clear. Recent headlines about rising inflation are making you wonder if it's still a good time to buy a home. Here's what the experts have to say. Allie Wolf from Zonda quotes, if you have cash and are expecting inflation, you want to think through where you can put that cash so it does not lose value. Housing is commonly looked at as a good inflation hedge. And the reason for that is that housing is an asset that typically grows in value, especially during inflationary periods. Another point to consider is that even during inflation, your mortgage costs are stabilized. James Royal from Bankrate quotes, a fixed mortgage rate allows you to maintain the biggest portion of your housing expenses at the same payment. Sure, property taxes will rise and other expenses may creep up, but your monthly housing payment remains the same. 
That is certainly not the case if you are renting. And speaking of renting, buying a home protects you from rising rents. Natalie Campisi from Forbes states, homeowners are shielding themselves from mounting rental prices because their cost is fixed regardless of what is happening in the market. Tangible assets like real estate get more valuable over time, which makes buying a good home a good way to spend your money during inflationary times. That's a great video. Yeah, and you know, back to your point as well, like we didn't start off with a videographer. I started doing uh, just different segments, seeing what I liked, seeing what took off. Um, a couple years ago, I started doing a 90 seconds with Carmen segment. And so essentially every week I'd give a new 90, 90 minutes, 90 seconds. <laughs> I'd give a new 90 seconds. So actually right now I'm, you know, that was kind of like the, uh, the birth of, you know, the close with clear or sorry, keep it clear. Um, and so the reason that I, you know, want to keep it at 90 seconds is so that people can get this bite-sized chunk. And then of course, you know, usually on YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok, you'll have another video that comes up after that. So a lot of the feedback that I was getting is that people were watching like a video and they were like, that was enough, but I kind of want more. And so they would go back through previous videos. And so, um, Instagram and Facebook is where, you know, I mostly, you know, just kind of build my tribe and we're trying to expand that to, to YouTube right now, which is, you know, tougher, but certainly a challenge that we're up to for sure, because it is a search engine like Google and right engines. Uh, if you can, you know, gain your presence there, then uh, you have a lot of power. And you said it's called, it's the keep it clear or what's, what's the YouTube channel called? The YouTube channel is, is just the clear sales group. If you look at clear the, sales, okay. the CLR, T-H-E-C-L-R-S-A-L-E-S group. Perfect. Uh, and just follow us and it'll be amazing and you'll get all of our updates and I'll love you forever. <laughs> so how much, how much business do you think you get from that kind of efforts that you're doing? Do you get feedback from your clients? Like what, what kind of feedback are you getting from all of the creative pieces you're bringing out? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, ultimately people, they just feel like they already know me and they're getting all their information from me. So it's not a, uh, one of those things where it's like, okay, you shoot a video, you get a deal. It's like, you're, you're in the mindshare business. So, you know, even though we do have a videographer, you know, it's free, it's free to market yourself, you know, via video and it's free to, you know, turn on your laptop and shoot a video. And so that's what I did for, you know, the first three years. And then the fourth year, you know, I was able to build it into my schedule, build it into, you know, my lead pillars to do so. So it's not just one video. Uh, it's not just, you know, one shot. And, you know, we also have a series that is for people who are moving to Austin. So neighborhood insights. Um, so showing them around different neighborhoods via video so that when they're coming from out of state, which a lot of our clients are, you know, we are still building out, but the main neighborhoods we've built out in terms of, you know, real estate insights so that, you know, they know what coffee shops are around, they know where the hospital is, they know what schools, you know, they're looking at in certain areas, certain neighborhoods and kind of the vibe and, and everything about it. And so I think that we're just becoming that brand of trust. So to me, building a brand is most important. And I love your videos that you do because they are, those neighborhood insights are great videos too. If you, if you go check her out, go check out those neighborhood uh, insights that she does. <clears throat> so what are you most excited about with this shifting market? 
what am I most excited about? What I'm always excited about, which is informing the consumer and they listen up a little bit more. Like when 2020 hit, I was making videos that were like an hour and a half long and people would listen to them because they were like, what the heck is happening? We were in shelter in place. I was like, screw it. I'm making videos. Everybody else is twiddling their thumbs, freaking out. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to dive into what's going on. What's the data, what the experts are saying. And I made these super long videos just to see if people would watch them. And they were glued, <laughs> watch the entire thing. Cause they were like, Oh, oh my gosh. gosh, like this is different than, you know, what I'm hearing and what's being speculated and it's backed. And I love that. And I've noticed that about you ever since I've known you is that you do do things differently and you're very articulate with the way you deliver things that they're really, really good content, but staying ahead of it, like you said, other people are like sitting there, like what happened? You're bringing kind of the, the message and the news out to consumers and they're watching it because they're hungry for it. And that's what I mean now, like with interest rates changing and all that, you did a video that included for rental, you know, for renters, look at the rental rates in Austin. I mean, anybody could be listening around the country, they're experiencing similar experiences, whereas there's no guarantee. I mean, you know, renter, rentals are popping up $500,000 more because right. of property taxes and other things. And so, so yes, the property taxes are going to impact you as a homeowner, but that rate, I, I love the video. The messaging is so important. The messaging is so important because when people are in fear, they don't take action. And I think that's what's so cool about the message you're delivering always is helping people make it the best decision if they have cash and they want to do something, but they're hearing all this stuff being the resource for them to know how to move forward. Absolutely. And just letting them know too, like, hey, we were going 180 miles an hour in a 90 mile zone. Now we're going about 90 to 100. I mean, it's still a, a hot, great market to be in. Uh, but it's different, you know, and, and we're in a market. Ultimately, you don't get to say what's going to happen next. You just have to understand it, process it and react to it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I can't not ask this question because I ask every guest always, uh, what is playing to win look like to you, my dear? Uh, playing to win to me. Um, I think that it looks like just being the educator, hundred percent, being confident, being able to handle these like razor sharp objections because everyone is everyone is paying attention to real estate, right? They weren't necessarily paying attention as much, you know, when you look at two, three, four years ago, but now they're it's got their attention, you know, yeah. and and people are giving you these solid objections. They know every home that's sold in their neighborhood, and you have to be the person who can guide them in that right direction. So I think that playing to win, it looks like, you know, keeping your sword sharp, so to speak, uh, and making sure that you're ready to get out there to help any client understand what their best and next move should be, you know, even if it's not, you know, what you need to be, what, what you want it to be. And so for me, building that pipeline and being able to say, hey, you know, you're motivated enough for us to take you on as a client, let's go do this. That's what I think playing the win is. So making sure that you just have enough to where you're able to lose a couple of clients here, lose a couple of clients there. Buyers are going to fall out and 20% of buyers have lost their buying power with the interest rates. So to me, it's just being able to have calm within all of that, within everything that changes, because you do every single thing, every single day, you do what you're supposed to do right? If you have appointments, you do what you're supposed to do. If you have closings, you do what you're supposed to do. And then of course, you know, having that time in your schedule for yourself. So I hope that answered it. <laughs> I love, well, I want to hear from that. Well, I hear a lot of things, but I hear habits, that habits are really important. 
Right. Yep. That's the word. <laughs> and you have great habits, right? Do you have, do you have a lesson that you've learned uh, along the way that you would want to share with our listeners on, uh, you know, cause we, we all fail our way to success, right. And everybody, you know, we don't, we don't get to the finish line right away. And if we do, it's like, what just happened and <laughs> try reinventing that again. Right. But so do you have a lesson that you learned or advice for anybody listening who, who maybe is not seeing the success they want to see right now? Like, what they could do differently. I mean, you talked about habits, but where, where you want to take that one? What kind of advice would you have for somebody maybe that's not, not kind of knowing what to do right now or, or not seeing the success that they'd like to see? What, what kind of advice would you give to that person? My advice would be to track everything, right? So once you track things, you have the power over it. So you, you need to know how many conversations you need to have to have a deal right? Because we can always feel as salespeople that we did so much, but if we only had five conversations, we're not going to get that deal. And how many deals you want to make, just building out that business plan and then seeing where your business is coming from and running the plays that work for you. I love that. And, and people are sometimes afraid of those tracking numbers, right? When at the end of the day, it's just telling you a story, right? Because if you know you have to have these many conversations to get an appointment, these many appointments to get an actual lead and leads to that, it just, to me, it takes the fear away. Don't you agree? Absolutely. It gives you control. And so yeah. that's what I, that's what we all should want is just control, control yeah. over our lives, control over our business, control over our schedule, because, you know, the appointment for yourself, you know, to take care of yourself is just as important, you know, as the appointment with a multi-million dollar seller. And uh, you wouldn't step away from your appointment with a multi-million dollar seller to talk to someone else. So when you take that time for yourself, really take it because burnout's real and uh, burnout is huge. And a lot of people face it when they don't look at their lives from a macro level and they're just chasing the carrot. Talk more about that. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's, a, big, I think that's a big topic right now, Carmen. I do. I think a lot of agents are tired and, and just consumers are tired. Buyers are tired that didn't get a proper, you know, there, there's just a lot of that. So let's talk a little bit more about burnout and how to, how do you not burn out? How you're four years in, you've been running like a sprint marathon. How have you not burned out? Uh, you know, I'm not perfect at it, uh, but just planning the year is a huge thing. And that's what we coach to the folks on our team is like, when are you going to take your vacations? You have two months out of the year that should be vacation time. You should take a three-day weekend every single month, you know, and if you don't get to take it, then, you know, take it, figure out when you can take it. If it's just so crazy and you can't take that three-day weekend, you know, in June, then plan it for July and make it happen. And then we also uh, are very, very, very passionate about our agents having one day a week completely off that they're not in real estate and setting those expectations that they're not going to be available. So you set those expectations, people respect them. And even if they don't, then they at least know ahead of time that you're not going to be, you know, operating and taking that time and using it well, you know, like for me, I like to go to the lake. I like to go kayaking. I like to, you know, play with my dogs, just taking that time, spending it well, of course, spending, spending time with my husband, Len, um, but taking that time, spending it well, but it all breaks down to how are you macroscopically looking at your schedule? Yeah. You know, not as on a week to week basis, but what are you doing for the year? When are you going to take those vacations so that you don't wait till you burn out to take a vacation, but you plan a vacation, you know, methodically so you don't burn out. 
and you just take that time away. So you just have to do it. It's important. I love come back. And it's actually like, it's actually like you've been working because you're, you're working to make yourself ready for that next client, even though you're, you know, sipping a Mai Tai on the beach. (laughs) I love that. And you come back. Yeah. Yeah. I had a coach tell me once it's not about, um, performance all the time. It's about peak performance. Right. And have peak performance if you don't have your time to, to renew yourself. And I think there's a lot of that out there. So I hope everybody's hearing that. Like, have you planned your vacation time? And oh, I can't get away in this and that. Well, that's a problem that you have to find the solution because if you don't, you're going to burn out and then, and then you're not serving anybody, especially yourself. Right. Absolutely. I mean, like we're going, I mean, we have, uh, you know, four agents and we're, Lynn and I are about to go to Chicago for a week, <laughs> you know, so being able to do that. And, you know, um, one of the things that a mentor has told me is like testing the boat, the boat to see how much water it holds. So if you want to go out of town, if you have other obligations, because Len has an 18 year old and he's graduating from high school. So we'll be there. Yeah. He was in the prom. Um, but testing the boat to see how much water it holds when you are away what parts of your system, what parts of your boat take in water, right? And then trying to lessen that. So you're running a test to see how solid your systems, your processes are, which, you know, over time, you know, you just get less and less water coming into your metaphorical boat. I love that. I love that. And and you think about too, a lot of us are very entrepreneurial and we're attracted to real estate because we want to be our own boss and have our own, all these things. But what they don't realize is without the systems and the structure, right? You don't really have the freedom. Right. So I will say, you know, my first year I was like nose to the grindstone. Also, you know, now that we're building our team, I'm also nose to the grindstone, right? Uh, But it's too, it's motivational to, to get to where we want to be. So knowing your why, knowing your vision, that can help you to help you stay fueled, you know, and that changes and it's cheesy. And I wasn't one who bought into all of that initially, I'll say, but it's like the, when you have that, you know, in your, in your rear view, uh, in terms of your foundation, it starts to make sense more over time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you're not powered by something uh, like a bigger picture of why you're doing it, right. It's easy to get lost too. Right. And it's easy to way. And, you know, we were in a mastermind with Gary uh, last week. And part of the session was just that is like, what is your mission? What's your vision? What's your value? What's your belief? What's your perspective? Right. For you, for you, right? Because it's different for everybody. And when you know what that is, and you can write down what are the things that are most important to me? What are the things that I'm doing I shouldn't be doing? Who could do them for me? Right. And, and, you know, what, what's my superpower? What am I really good at? And we get real clear on what you just said. Um, you really look at your life and be like, okay, how do I, how do I recreate this in a way that I can be? And, and to me, you just appear like somebody that has real clarity on that and you live in your strength zone. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's the thing that I think a lot of agents struggle with too, is like letting go of control, like hiring an assistant right? Making sure that the things that you're not the best at, because you're not the best at everything that you're delegating so that you can do what you're best at because you can't do it all. And so, you know, there's some powerful agents out there, you know, not just in Austin, but agents all over the country that I know who I'm like, you need to get yourself a dang assistant because you're about to, you know, tap out on, you know, how much you can handle and your potential hasn't even been realized yet. 
Yeah, they don't realize they're their own ceiling, right? Everybody's their right. own ceiling and, and their own lid to their achievement. And so, okay, so I'm hearing leverage and you got pretty quickly into leverage because you were a solo agent and then you started building a team pretty quickly. And then you got to learn, you know, the joys. Even, even Len came, your husband came on board, which is awesome. So you get to work with him too, just in different, you know, different parts of that. And you've brought on talented people to your team. And so so what's your goal for the next couple of years? Where do you, where's your heart calling you as you grow this empire of yours, my dear? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so our initial goal was to add on two agents a quarter. Um, and that has been an awesome, you know, learning challenge and, and everything that comes along with building a team, being in leadership. Um, so just supporting as many other people as we possibly can in terms of their growth and being able to share and make them and help make them see and realize their potential so that they're able to be, you know, as profitable as possible and also able to take some of the lessons or take the lessons that I've learned. So for me, you know, just being more into, you know, the marketing, uh, throwing events, bringing in clientele, but not necessarily working you know, those deals, because I think that I'm best utilized, you know, being loud and, um, you know, just bringing in and building that brand, because I think that, you know, the agent that we'll see uh, in the future has a brand, because we have so many big brands coming up against us uh, as of late with all the uh, online agencies and all yeah. of the Zillow's realtor.coms. I don't know if I can say them on here. Yeah, yeah you can. <laughs> it's I the truth. It is the truth. It's not disparaging. It's just, it is what it is. We're calling it what it is, right? It, it is a, there, there's some disruptors out there. And so I love that you say, you know, building your brand and that's, that's what you are as a real estate business owner, right? It, it, you are a brand, you are a definitely, and you're doing a great job. Even your, your wall is your brand color, which is great, <laughs> right? Like everything you do is tied to that. So what is something about you that we don't know that we should know? Something about me that you don't know that you should know. Yes. That know. You're sharing <laughs> with the world. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, something about me. Um, I'm just a positive person. I'm very, you know, I want to make sure that I'm not taking anything in that I don't need. Uh, and I want to make sure too, that I'm always reevaluating, you know, who I am and what it is that, you know, I want that I don't have. So that's, that's pretty much what drives me. I have three dogs. Um, <laughs> Dog lover. Happy. I know that. Well, well, I, and I, I love that you said that because I, I do see you as somebody that's a very, um, Calm's not the word because you have great energy, but you're this consistent, uh, determined, but in a very positive way. Like you're an attractor of goodness, in my opinion. I watch, I like to watch you. I like to watch what you put out there, the creative content. Like you, you bring people to you because I feel like you're, you have this, um, just energy about yourself. And that's why you said your gift zone is being in the front and leading the others because then you, and you know, turn around and you're creating opportunities for the people on your team, right? And for the people that you work with, you're always creating opportunity. So I see you like as that person out there creating opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I guess just with the current market, with it being in a shift, just like making sure that you don't like bring on that guilt and you don't feel like you have to be quiet. You know, you can say what you know, you can say what you think and people are looking, looking, looking for your voice of reason. So I, you know, watched a, a, a podcast recently 
um, that, you know, stated that, you know, we're not here to give perfect advice. We can't give perfect advice. A doctor, a lawyer cannot give perfect advice. You know, all we can do is give our expertise. When you go to the doctor, they don't say this is 100%, you know, what's going on with you all the time. They say this is what we see. And for us, we need to be comfortable with telling people what it is that we see and also knowing what their concerns are, knowing what their objections are will gain your trust. And once you gain the trust, the walls come down. So I think that that may be what is most daunting for, you know, folks who, as you said, haven't, you know, overcome that hump. It's a, it's, it's chipping away. It's a chipping away. It's not a, oh yeah, now I'm over it, you know? And that's why I like the pivot and the shift. I mean, I played basketball when I was growing up. Maybe that's something that people- There we go. There we got it. We got it. And I was tiny and fast, but I wasn't like the best shooter, but I could get down the court quick enough and I could, you know, juke people out and literally pivot. And so it's fun to do that because you go this way, the other person's still here. And that's how you beat them <laughs> is that you outskill them. And yeah. so you outskill them in what you're in what you're good at. Like you're not outskilling them to like shoot the baskets. You're outskilling them by your speed and your agility and able to navigate them on the courts. So, you know, like like whatever. Yeah. And I, I'm a big basketball fan, so um, you're, yeah, I'm I, 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 bigger than you, so I had to find my yeah. strengths in that. And you know, I'm not about to you know beat them in a slam dunk contest or anything like that. But at least knowing that, hey, my strengths lie in like my endurance. Um, and so that's why for me, it is exciting because I do have that endurance uh, type mindset. So maybe that's something that, you know, can think about adapting instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm tired. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm energized. Yeah. Change the way you look at things, right? I love that. My strengths are in, in my endurance. Yeah. <laughs> my strength is in my endurance. I love that so much because I think what we all need right now is grace and endurance though, right? Is endurance. And just to, to turn that around of, uh, if you're, I'm tired, it's I'm energized. And then finding, carving the time out so that you can renew your energy. Right. And so if, if you're, if you're feeling burnout, it's most, it's like you're resenting something almost. Right. And so find the time to do what you love. And I just, I just admire you and adore you so much. And I just think you're such a great role model of somebody living a life, very determined, very purposeful, you have your fun time, you have your work time and you're crushing it and you're, you're having fun along the way and you're, you're helping a lot of people. And I just want to applaud you for that. And that's exactly why I asked you to be on the show today, because I think, you know, the more people we listen to that think like Carmen Reese in the world, the, the it's all programming. What are you putting into your mind? And that's why this whole podcast is about playing to win. And the second half is about you know, I, I take this and I edit it for the podcast called the second half because you win or lose the game in the second half, Carmen, right? You don't, right. You, you can't just like do great in the first half and then go, woo, I'm done in the second half because then the competitor comes back and beats you. Right, exactly. The play, the game is won in the second half. And so I love that you said, uh, my strength is, is my endurance because that's the name of the game. And if people are getting into real estate or whatever it is that you you do, if you're listening to this, right, whatever it is, whether you're in sales, you're a teacher, what, whatever career path, life path you're on, it's the long game, right? It's the long game. But if you do the habits, have the habits to do the things you need to do now, that's where you're going to see the results, like what Carmen is seeing. And I, I love that you just have that mindset around woohoo, 
let me roll up my sleeves. It's getting a little <laughs> trickier. Great. Cause now I get to shine. Now I get to use my basketball skills and I get a pivot and I get to be the fastest one to educate people. I'm the fastest one to have a video when, when COVID hits, I'm the, now I'm educating people on, on why they should feel confident about any real estate decision they make. So as we wrap this up, Carmen, what are some last parting thoughts you'd like to leave with anyone that's that's watching this or listening to the podcast on just the whole playing to win mindset, um, you know, the second half and just how how you have in four years built an amazing empire and you're just getting started, honestly. Any any parting thoughts on on what you want to share today? I just say like, continue to put good things into your brain. Um, so I was a cross country runner. So that's part of the endurance piece of it. But the interesting thing was that like, you know, within cross country, um, you know, once you hit like, call it mile two, you didn't feel tired anymore. It was just like a continuous, like, okay, now I've gained a second wave. So just knowing that you may hurt, you know, in the first couple of miles for sure, but you're gaining that momentum, that second wind, you know, when, when you just keep going, when you just keep going. Uh, and one of the books that I love is David Goggins can't hurt me. And, um, you know, there he states in his book, you know, about when you're racing someone, when you're in a race, a long race, a short race, you know, if you can just go a second longer than that other person, then they break. And you can literally slow down after that, not slow down. But what I'm saying is that you just need to go a little bit, a little bit more, try a little bit more. And that way you're able to start coasting, but you have to like break that barrier. Um, so I just say, you know, keep doing the little things that seem to not be producing the results right now and be able to have some data around that. Like, do it for not just a month, not just for two months, do it for six months, whatever it is that you're doing. And, um, you know, certainly you'll grow in it. Like video was kind of scary for me, kind of not. Cause I was just like, I'm going to do this. It's a free way to market myself and everyone's on Facebook, Instagram. And so it's something that I was able to build upon and able to grow, but that took time. So if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, you're going to go to YouTube and you're going to go to the CLR sales group, and you're going to follow her for all of her great stuff that she's rolling out there and be inspired, you know, wherever you are listening to this, you know, learn from those that are succeeding at a high level. And that, that to me, that's a sign of intelligence. When you, when you learn from others, that's what we all do. We're all so much better together. Um, Carmen, you are just such a dynamo. I'm so proud to be in business with you. And I just appreciate you so much being on the show today. Yes. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. endurance think about that endurance we all have it in us and some of us have a little more than others and so when you think about your endurance for yourself how that shows up in life for you um, to have endurance also means though to take to be able to take care of yourself right and give yourself the grace to you know have some rest between and clear focus on what you really want to achieve you don't just run and run run but you run with a purpose and like Carmen said, you just have to be one second ahead of the other guy, right? But the strength is in the endurance and knowing your strengths. And whatever that is for you and whatever you do, find your strength. What makes you special? And then master it and become even better at that and see what happens in your world. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And we will see you in the next time on the second half.